Happy Monday, my Freedom Pack family. We are delighted to be starting the week with another fantastic episode. Week after week, we feel as if we are delivering fantastic content. And the feedback from you guys is absolutely amazing at the minute. Our listens are exponentially going up. The show is growing. It's just a fantastic time. And we just love being on this journey with you guys. So, today on the show, we are joined by the founder of Lightspeed VT, which is a world-leading platform into interactive-based sales training. It is Brad Lee. Brad is a widely renowned speaker, entrepreneur, podcaster, and influencer. Brad has been involved in the sales world for more than 25 years and is right at the helm of the current sales world through the business which he does. So we sat down for this very engaging chat with Brad and we covered, oh my God, so, so many topics. In this podcast, you are going to learn why Brad elected for a sales-based career and you know what gives him the ability to do so the 7b model that will take your life to the next level why opportunity is abundant and the analogy which brad gives to back that statement up brad's opinion on why you shouldn't save money what brad would do if he was starting all over again and there is just so so much more we've packed so much into this episode which goes just over an hour so guys if you enjoy this podcast please 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 subscribe leave us a rating and a reviews on itunes it helps us so so much with the visibility of the show and we appreciate it so much so without any further ado Let's welcome a man onto the show that Damon John commented saying no one is leading the way better than Bradley. Bradley, welcome to the Freedom Pact. Pleasure to be here. (laughs) Amazing. So a place in which I would love to start today we are called the Freedom Pact. We love challenging conventional thinking. You are widely regarded in the sales world. And a place which I would be so curious about is that you had a very interesting start to life. You were 17, pretending to be 18 and selling cars in a garage. What was it that prompted you to say, take a different path in life? Not follow a, a different path, if you will. Well, what made me get into sales is hard work, manual labor. I didn't like it. I learned very quickly that, like, you know, working your ass off is is not for me. Um, some people are like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Well, I got a job fighting forest fires, or I thought I was. I got up there. I got poison oak within a day. You know, the guy that, that ran the crew tore his shirt off to show me his whole body was covered in it. It was I was getting stuck in the eye with burnt sticks, breathing in smoke, just, just backbreaking work. And I'm like, dude, there's gotta be a better way than just like going out and busting your ass every single day. So I opened the newspaper, found an ad for sales. I went in there and found out they gave you a car. You got to wear a suit. You worked with your pen. You know, ultimately you were just talking with customers and test driving cars and filling out paperwork. Like it was awesome. So I just stuck to sales. So what was it specifically about the, you know, that manual labor side? Was it just that you thought that you could apply, you know, your your mental side and, and a different skill set to make money rather than trade in money for, say, one hour? 100%. I mean, I don't like being limited uh, and I don't want someone telling me what I'm worth and putting a limit on that time. So... When you're in sales, obviously you get commission on usually, 
And when you're on commission, there is really no limit to what you can do. It's just what's likely. And seeing how, you know, I got really good at a young age at selling and, and I was able to kind of create my own reality. I figured the commission route was a little bit more attractive. Did you feel early on as if you had any of the qualities uh, for sales without actually learning it? Like the, maybe the way you spoke, the gift of the gab, anything like that? Yeah, you know, um, at six years old, I would knock on doors and sell candy bars for my school. And I quickly came up with a presentation after maybe 10, 15 doors. And the presentation kind of started making people buy boxes at a time. And it really involved humor. I'd knock on the door when they answered. I'd say, do you have the phone number to a good roof repairman? And they'd say, what? Why? And I'd say, because when you taste one of these, you're going to go through the roof. (laughs) (laughs) And people started laughing and thinking it was cute. And so they'd start buying boxes at a time. So very early, I realized that, you know, humor and laughing got people kind of more conditioned to buy and buy more from you. Do you feel as if that was just your path so as in you knew from quite an early age or did it, did it come to you? Well, I mean, again, nobody taught me how to do that. I just kind of realized that, you know, through trial and error, let me, let me see what, you know, this, this does and that does. So I just kind of played around and realized that, hey, man, you make people laugh, they end up buying more. So, so I was, uh, you know, kind of a witty little kid you know, smart ass, smart aleck. So it was, it kind of came naturally to me, but I think, uh, I think humor in sales definitely helps. One thing which I find really interesting is that considering the success, which you've had is that you're, when we did our research into you, come across that you were a high school dropout. Was there any pressure which you faced at that time in your life? Did you have a, any idea what you were going to do at that, at that stage? No, I thought I was going to be a movie star. I was, I was going to go to L.A. and become an actor. That's what I wanted to do until I went down there and realized you have to be broke and, you know, kind of pay your dues. And I didn't want to be broke. And then I got a couple parts and that led to a starring role in a movie. And then three days before production, I got cut by the producer, the executive producer, and I've learned that the executive producer is the one that decides ultimately who plays what. So I thought, oh, well, then I'll just be an executive producer. Give me one moment. I'll be right back as the executive producer. And I thought I'll just go make a couple million real quick. Well, little did I know it'd take 20 years or 30. <laughs> you mentioned having you know, that natural sales capability. Once you were working in that job, do you remember having any desires at the time to maybe, you know, transition from selling for other people to, to sell for yourself? Not really while I was young. You know, I wanted to master the, the, the technique and the craft. I mean, it's actually a craft. It's just like dancing. I mean, if you went out to a ballroom right now and, start, and started trying to dance with professional dancers, people would spot that you're not very good right away. And you would probably feel stupid and you know not want to continue well that's how sales is but sales if you learn the moves just like dance steps you know it's it's a natural progression to get a sale and there's techniques and things that you do every time and if you get really good at those you will become good at sales and sales when you're good pays you a lot more than anything else in fact i think sales has the highest paid profession in the world what are some of the, the steps or the processes which you took to, as you say, to master that craft? I imagine there's obviously an enormous amount of practice, of trial and error, of pivoting. What really was it that let you master that craft? Yeah, that, that's, that's really what it was. It was trial and error, um, learning things on my own, learning from people that have already done it before me, techniques that works, books seminars, you know, training, um, listening to people with more experience and just really, you know, going through with an open mind and willing to pivot and make adjustments and, you know, learn just because it works for one person doesn't necessarily mean it'll work for you. But a lot of times people won't even try 
uh, something new. So they end up doing the same things. And when you do the same things, man, you end up getting getting the same things. Absolutely. I interviewed Patrick Bet David, and I said to Patrick, if you could go back and speak to, say, a 16, 17, 18-year-old self, give him some advice about starting again, what would you do? Patrick responded, I would go and shadow people that are where I want to be. So I'd love to ask you the same question because we love exactly what you've done with the Lightspeed VT, which, by the way, for audience, don't type in Lightspeed TV because it will take you to a porn site. (laughs) So, yeah, so I'm just asking you that question. If you could go back, what would your advice be? What would you do? I'd come up with a different name for Lightspeed so it doesn't pull up porn sites. (laughs) (laughs) the The main two things that I would do differently or I would tell myself is to seek knowledge faster, which is ultimately what Patrick was trying to say. I would do the same thing. I would seek knowledge faster. I wouldn't want to try and learn everything on my own or the hard way. And I would invest money more wisely. Like I blew a lot of money trying to be cool and trying to impress people. In fact, I've spent so much money trying to impress people that if I had it all back, it would be impressive. What are some of the smarter investment decisions which you've made? Learning and investing in myself, you know, starting a company and, you know, I think the best investment you can make is the one in yourself. You know, you're, you're the, you're the one that's going to basically be with you the rest of your life. That's guaranteed. So at the end of the day, the, you know, the best investment is the one you make in yourself to improve your health, to improve your mind, to improve your relationships. And ultimately, you control all of that. So anytime someone spends a lot of time and money on themselves, uh, I think that that's a direct indication of how their future is going to look. So I would say the best investment I've ever made is, is the investments I make in myself. And outside of developing you know, sales techniques and in that area what are some of the investments you've made in yourself you know again studying you know health you know fitness relationships spending the time raising a family um but you know as far as investments go i'm ashamed to say that like i kind of squandered it all well not all but i mean i kind of squandered over the last three years so for the last five years i started realizing you know, what, what growing money actually looks like. And the goal there is to basically make money off money. So if you have to live in a one bedroom apartment for 10 years, even though you're making a hundred thousand a month to take that hundred thousand dollars and invest it into cash flow properties, you know, whether they be storage facilities, whether they be apartment homes, whether they be commercial centers, um, real estate's obviously, you know, traditionally always been a great investment for people. Um, starting your own business, right? And investing in your own business is, is another good one that's worked out well for me. So, so I would just say anything that has cash flow property, I just started doing that. So I don't, so I, I wish I had a lot more experience in that, but you know, I, that's, that's one thing that if I could redo all my money that I spent trying to impress people and blowing, you know, fancy cars, fancy watches, fancy houses, I probably would have invested that into cash flow situations where now uh i'd be more financially free to me if i stopped working right now i would be okay but i would need to like seriously you know pay attention to what's going on so i don't end up broke um if i would have invested like i just suggested this whole time i could pretty much you know do anything and never run out of money so fortunately you know we don't run out of time so i still have time and i'm doing it right now and i corrected it so Maybe in a year or two, have me back on the show and I'll speak more to it. Do you think that the art of sales and and persuasion even is something that goes underappreciated by a lot of people? Because I feel like some people, when they think of sales, they initially get drawn to things like car dealerships and maybe don't understand that it can be applicable to most fields, if not every field, really. Yeah, every field. We're all salespeople. Um, Some of us know it and some of us don't. And incidentally, the difference between good ones and bad ones are the bad ones don't know that they're salespeople. But since we're born, we're selling somebody on something. 
you know, we sell every single day. We just don't exchange it for, for, for revenue and we don't consider ourselves salespeople, you know, but uh, I think sales is the foundation of any success. I think any, anyone on earth should master sales um, and persuasion and understand how to get people to, you know, see the way they want them to see and, and do the things they want them to do and, and, you know, go where they want them to go. It's, it's not just a sales commission. It's, it's a life skill that everyone should master. This is such a key point, And I couldn't agree more because even the guy in the local bar that's using cheesy pickup lines, he's a salesman. The woman that's posting living my best life, uh, bikini pictures on her Instagram, another saleswoman it's it's interlinked into every key area of our life so my question to you would be is it's it would be a bad question for me to say what are the what are the steps to become a good salesperson i think sometimes it's a lot easier to say what are some of the worst things that we can do in selling in trying to get people to buy into our story what are some of the worst things that we could do which would turn people off? Well, number one, I, I want to let everybody understand that the first part of selling is your mindset. You know, the, the number one thing I would have anyone do that's even interested in sales or a profession in sales is, is to get your mind situated. You know, your mindset is the foundation to everything. It's basically a collection of attitudes about things, you know, and it doesn't matter what other people think. What matters is what you think. So so I have certain rules that I do every day, you know, like wake up every day being grateful. People people don't understand how lucky they are to even wake up. So like, let me ask you guys a question. So if I handed you a million dollars cash, would you be excited for the day? I'd be jumping for joy. <laughs> Would anybody be able to come along and rain on your parade? No chance. No, you'd be fired up. Your mind, you, you'd be so excited. Nothing would bother you. You know, you would go through at least for a couple of weeks, you know, maybe even months, maybe even years, like just, just elated that someone handed you a million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this question. Would you rather have a million dollars or life? Life. Life. Right. So every day we wake up, we get the notification that we get another day, which is life. So everybody would choose life over a million dollars. But yet whenever we wake up, someone's handing us life and we don't feel the same way as we would if they handed us a million dollars, which admittedly is not even the same value. So we would get excited over a million dollars, but we don't get excited over life. When we wake up every day and realize you get another day, well, now we start thinking and complaining and making excuses and, and, and worrying and fearing judgment and, you know, what we call life. When in reality, if you adjust your mindset and you wake up, you realize, holy man, this is I get another day like this is unbelievable. And then the next thing I like to show people is that we control pretty much everything that happens to us. Because every action has a reaction and we control our reaction. We can't control everyone's actions, but we can control how we react to it. So if you can control the reaction, you kind of control the situation. So if you get mad during the day, you chose to get mad. If you have a bad day, you chose to have a bad day. These are choices that people are making on a day-to-day -day basis. And when you break success down to one thing, it boils down to the quality of your choices. If you can show me someone who makes flawless choices, I'll show you someone who's more successful than probably most people in the world. And it boils down to the simple choices. The simple choices lead to the big things. People say, you know, why is this happening to me? Well, because of the choices you made. Like, it's just a fact. You can trace everything that happens to you back to a choice that you made or didn't make. You know, uh, there's people that are way overweight. Well, they wake up every day and they choose what to eat. They choose to skip the gym. They choose to ignore their health. They're making those choices. Agree or disagree? Absolutely. I couldn't and agree I, more. Yeah, and now they're sitting in a hospital bed. They've got some sort of terminal illness or some sort of problem brought on by weight and diet. And now they're wondering, why me, God? Why me? <laughs> well, why you? Because you're lazy 
fat ass did not want to go through the uncomfort of, of eating a proper nutritional balanced diet. You didn't want to go to the gym and keep your heart healthy. You didn't want to keep the extra pounds off you. And, and by the way, you end up with a different, you know, partner when you do things like that. So when you really look at success and, and, and what it takes to achieve it, it boils down to the choices that you make every single day. Little choices make all the difference in the world. If I just take you back to something you just said, but you said about the choosing life and every day we get that notification, what can we do to wake up in the morning with that spring in our step? I know you mentioned gratitude. Do you feel like having a mission, having a purpose, having goals and something to aim for plays a part in it? Well, I think that has a plays a part in confidence. <coughs> and confidence is important in life too. So a lot of people lack confidence. So, so when goals and whatnot, that helps build confidence because confidence is really just a memory of winning. But at the end of the day, I mean, when you really boil it down to it, when you wake up grateful and you want to remain grateful, you have to exercise being grateful. So when you wake up, a lot of times you forget. So, you know, you can put a sign on your wall that basically says you just got another day and then write, you know, you know, $1 million because you got to remember and get that habit going of, you know, I am very lucky that I just woke up, but people take things for granted. So I think goals are important. However, that builds confidence. And this sense of gratitude you developed and and your outlook on life, how did that change you professionally? Well, because with a negative mindset and a limited belief, you know, you, you tend to make different decisions. So ultimately your decisions are made by your emotions. And your emotions are created by your thoughts and your beliefs. So if you really want to change your behavior, you have to change your belief. If you believe things, it causes you to feel a certain way about those things. And that's what governs your decision making. So what I like to do is show people that, first of all, if you wake up grateful and you start to realize, hey, listen, it's impossible to have a bad day because I just woke up. So it is going to be a good day. Thank God. Um, now the question is, is how good of a day is it going to be? And then I, again, teach people to realize that you control the outcome of every situation. You, your, your reaction is everything. So, so when you're positive and you're confident and you're grateful and you're, and you have the right perspective, then selling is a lot easier. Like, you know, some people will worry, well, what if I start sales and I don't make any money? Well, what if you don't start sales and you don't make any money? See what I'm see what I'm saying? It's like, dude, it's a mindset. People fear what might happen when I fear what might happen if I don't try. So a lot of times people are paralyzed because they just they just they're worried about what might happen if they try and fail. When in reality, I would worry more about what happens if you don't try and stay the same. On the show, we love taking action. That's what it all boils down to. And you just mentioned cultivating that belief and that mindset which i, I feel like you've done beautifully through, you know and it's, it's obviously showed through your results so let's say if we were to issue you a challenge for us for our audience three empowering beliefs that we could start telling ourselves repeating ourselves would you would you have three or maybe two three four beliefs which you would like to issue us with well, I mean, I have something that basically is, I call them the seven B's where every day you want to wake up and be these seven things. And if you just be these seven things and, and every single day you just be these seven things, the rest of it kind of takes care of it by itself. So you ready for the seven? Yes, we're on edge. <laughs> well, the first one obviously is be grateful, right? Second one is be mindful. Like a lot of times people, you know, are really careless about what they're deciding and what they're doing and what they're saying. Then you want to be positive, obviously. You know, some people have a limited mindset. They believe that, you know, I better save my money. Well, when you save your money, that's a limited mindset. I I would argue about saving your money. You, You should invest your money. You should use your money. 
Money is not to be saved. There is no value in saving money. If I just gave you guys a million dollars cash and said you can see it, but you can't spend it, like you can have it, but you can't spend it. I guarantee you eventually, if you really realize that that money has no value because you can know, you cannot spend it, well then eventually it would be an annoyance. Like you'd be like, dude, I wish you'd come get this money. Like it's, it's in my way. Well, exactly. So money is a tool. So you want to definitely understand that and, and, and use your money. So again, the positive mindset, when you, when you remain positive, you know, your, your opportunities, I think start to, um, get a little more clear and, and they're a little more abundant. And by the way, opportunity is abundant. Most people don't know that. The, the fourth one is to be respectful, right? There's too many people out there disrespecting themselves, dif- disrespecting their customers, disrespecting their family members, you know, disrespecting their, their coworkers, and they don't even realize they're doing it. So you want to be respectful. And again, these, are, these things are hard to do if you really break them down to what they mean, because you can disrespect yourself by, you know, saying you're going to do something and don't. So like integrity, ethics, things like that, that's part of being respectful. But, I, but, but ethical is, is so big, I made it number five. Because if you're not ethical, nothing you're going to build is going to last. You're going to end up in jail. You're going to end up broke. You're going to end up ruining everything just because what you're doing is not ethical. The, uh, I call it the universe, karma, whatever you want to call it. But something's going to come back eventually and hurt you if you are not ethical. And then six is be aware. Like most people are not aware of what's going on in the world, even in their own world. And they're not aware of opportunities passing them by. And they're not aware of the things that, that would is really everything they're asking for. So many people ask, you know, God or ask the universe or, or whatever they believe in for opportunities. And then they, and then they don't recognize them because they show up and they look like risk. And so it's like, you know, I could pray, you know, man, I just want one opportunity. All I want is one chance to win. And then five chances show up and I'm not aware and I don't realize that those are my chances. So being aware is massively important. And then the seventh one is be confident. Like too many people don't have confidence. They fear judgment, you know, and everybody's judging everybody. Bible says thou shalt not judge, but we judge people every day. You're judging my answer. We're, we're, right now, your listeners are judging whether they like me or not. And when you realize one thing, your confidence goes up tenfold. And here's what you got to realize. Nothing you say and nothing you do will ever be liked by everyone. That's a fact. If you go out and make a statement, some people are going to love it and some people are going to hate it. So when you realize you cannot make everyone happy, everything you say and everything you do is going to make some people happy upset and some people disagree with you, then who else do you think would be important to make happy? Wow. Wow. That's a, a really, really interesting framework to go. Well, who do you, who do you, so if, so if nobody in the world is, are, are all going to agree with everything you say, what's, what do you think the best possible solution to that problem is to do what you agree with? What makes you happy. That's right. And that's when your confidence will go up. Because listen, when you start worrying about what you think and, and, and who you are and what you believe in, and you stop worrying about other people's judgment of you and you stop worrying about other people's opinions, the whole world seems to open up and your confidence shoots up like a freaking rocket. But only if you're ethical and only if you're doing the right things. Again, you're a scammer. You know, you're a scammer. You're a liar. People, you, you know you're a liar. And that's the, that's the funny part about this whole exercise. You can't, you can't bullshit yourself. Okay? Your subconscious mind is recording everything that you're saying and doing. You know what's right and wrong. So if you continually screw people over or give them the short end of the stick or, or you lack ethics in any way, your subconscious mind is listening to all of that. And eventually what happens is your subconscious mind starts to understand that you're a piece of shit and and nobody really should you know do business with you and subconsciously you stop 
producing and recognizing opportunities. And next thing you know, you're sitting there going, why is all this happening to me? And it's mainly because you're not being ethical and you're not being ethical with yourself. If I cheat you guys, I'm cheating myself. Do you agree with that? Yeah. It actually reminds me of an interview that I watched recently with Jordan Peterson. And in the, and in the interview, he said that he wholeheartedly believes that having a clear conscience so you're not sitting in bed at lying at you know shivering at three a.m. thinking about what you did, what you said, who you've cheated, is better than being happy. Do you agree? Well, depending on who you talk about, that is being happy. Mm. But what is happy? So you have to define that. But I would agree with that. Again, I mean, if I ripped everybody off and I was living in a mansion and you know, had all my toys and I was ripping everybody off. I'm telling you guys, it's temporary. It is, you're not going to find happiness if that's what you're looking for in that model. You know, it's better to find a way where everybody wins, where, where your product or service is worth the money. I, I like to say over deliver. So if I sell you something for 10 grand or a million dollars, I want to try to make sure you get more than a million dollars in value. If it doesn't provide you that much value, I don't want to do the deal. Love it. Uh, Something you mentioned when you were going through your 7Bs framework was that you said opportunity is abundant. What can we do in this world of abundance to make sure that we are doing our utmost to absolutely chase down that, that opportunity to just make sure that we're not wasting this gift that we have? Well, I mean, seek, be aware. I mean, I've had people come up and say, Brad, uh, you know, I'm on a stage and I open it up to Q&A or I'm on a podcast or whatever the, the platform is. People have said, you know, I'm out of a job. They give me all these dire straits. And I say, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the mall, pick any mall. Walk up, introduce yourself to 10 people, and you'll walk out with more than likely 10 jobs. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, all you do is walk up to somebody, introduce yourself, and you'll walk out of the mall with 10 jobs if you're being aware. So anyone without a job that's listening to this, if you want a job, go introduce yourself to 10 people. Now, if you can't do that, I would need to know why, but because that's probably an excuse. But if everyone introduced themselves to 10 people a day, their opportunities would be abound. So here's an example. I'll introduce myself to you, Joe. Joe, my name's Bradley. How are you? I'm very good, Bradley. It's lovely to meet you. Fantastic. Hey, listen, if I could send you some business, would you have an opportunity for me to make any commission? Sure, sure. If you can bring me business, uh, you're more than welcome. See, now I'm in the coaching business. Am I not in the coaching business? Absolutely, yeah. Now you could do that with anybody. Anybody. So again, look at the streets of London. Anybody in them? <laughs> just one or two. <laughs> okay, so, so just walk up to people. But you know why people won't do that? Because they're afraid of being judged. They're, they're fearful of what might happen, how dumb they might look. Oh, this is a waste of time. They're already judging it for themselves without even trying it. I challenge anybody that, that is listening to this. If you are in a dire situation where you don't have enough money to live, you don't have enough money to take care of your family, you don't have enough money to do things, well, then introduce yourself to 10 people a day, every day. Like that is a job in and of itself. But if you just woke up and you went out to to introduce yourself to 10 new people a day, within 30 days of doing that, your whole life will change. Now, you have to be aware, though, those seven B's are key. You have to be grateful. You have to be mindful. You have to be positive. You have to be respectful. You have to be ethical. You have to be aware and you have to be confident. Okay, but go introduce yourself. Find out what people do and simply ask the question, if I can help you do that, is there any commission or is there any money in it? You know what almost everybody will say? Yes. They'll they'll say yes, which means, dude, that is a job. You just found 10 jobs. You just got into 10 different businesses by introducing yourself, which, by the way, takes five minutes each. So in 50 minutes a day, 
you could have more opportunity than you can imagine. Walk up to somebody, hey, what do you, my name's Brad, what is yours? Oh, I'm, 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 I'm Sue. Sue, what do you do? Oh, I'm a music producer. Hey, if I could find you some, some hot new talent, is there any money in that? Oh, absolutely. Hey, what do you do? I'm a dog groomer. Hey, if I sent you some dogs to groom, would there be any commission in that? Oh, absolutely. I'll give you five bucks every time you send a dog over. Well, dude, you just got a job. Go find some dogs. Sure. What I, what I love about that as well is that it's rooted in action. There's no waiting round. There's no waiting for a miracle to happen. Do you feel like that's really a major part of, of success is, is taking ownership for your situation and then creating those opportunities like you just mentioned a thousand percent dude you have to take ownership you have to look in your look at yourself and realize you are the one that has the answer to every problem you have at the end of the day man it's it's all about ownership you know you the you have to decide and 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 choose that you're the responsible party. You know, it's funny. One day I had a guy in here in my office and he was telling me he doesn't know what he wants. And he had all these things. And about 30 minutes later, I said, oh, dude, I got the guy that's going to help you. Like everything you just said you wanted. I know the guy that can help you. And he's here in the building. He, he's like, no. I'm like, dude, you want me to introduce him? He said, yeah. I said, do me a favor. Go into the bathroom. Make sure there's no one else in there. Shut the door and look around. You'll find him. He's like, oh, very funny. Dude, it's the truth. Go look at yourself. Once you take ownership, your problem is your problem. And that's that. No one's coming to help you. No one's coming to rescue you. No miracle's going to happen. Man, you'll get your way out of that situation. You just have to take ownership. You have to understand, listen, it's, it's, if it's going to change, you're going to change it. Be your own hero um circling back on that idea of you know introducing yourself and seeking opportunity would you say you're the type of person who likes to make connections network maybe seek out mentors and have that sense of humility to always think that there's always something someone else can offer you to grow as a person one thousand percent Listen, folks, everyone that you meet knows something you don't. You understand? Everyone you meet knows something you don't. So the second you think you know everything is when you've lost. You have to understand that, man, everyone you meet knows something you don't. Therefore, you should respect. That's the be respectful, number four. You should respect that individual. I don't care if they're a homeless person. They know stuff you don't. And maybe it's not something that you're looking to learn. Like, I don't want to learn to be homeless. But guess what? I could find out what made you homeless so I don't make those mistakes. You know, a lot of times I've tried to help the homeless with, you know, money. And I ask them, you know, what, what, why are you homeless? You know, you, you got all your legs and arms and, you know, what's the problem? Well, you know, I don't want to go home. My dad won't let me drink. Or, you know, I don't want to go to my sister's house. I suppose I could go there, but my sister's a bitch. And it's like they're choosing to be homeless. And, and, and there we are giving them money and saying, oh, poor person's homeless. No, dude. A lot of times the homeless chose to be homeless. In the and, it, Sorry. and that's their choice, right? So, again, I mean, if you really want to help somebody change, there's only one way you get people to change. You change their belief and then you'll change their behavior. In the same way that those people are choosing to be homeless, can we wake up, look ourselves in the mirror, and then make the choice that we are going to go and accomplish our wildest dreams? Can we make that choice, that decision? thousand percent. Happens all the time. Ask anyone who's successful. I'll bet you anything. They all say yes. Now, someone will say, well, what about the guy that won the lottery? He made the choice to buy the lottery ticket, didn't he? Mm. It all boils down to a choice, man. It's not rocket science. People are making it too difficult. Everybody acts like it's there's some big science behind it. Dude, there's no secret science behind it. It's take action, learn. It's those seven Bs. You know, you, you either take a chance or work for someone who will. Like, 
take your pick. And then, you know, all situations, no matter what they are, and obviously you're going to get people writing in that's like, well, my father got cancer. That wasn't his choice. Yeah, but guess what? First of all, if you circle that back, his choice might not have been what got him cancer, but it's his choice how to react. Listen, I've seen people with no legs, no arms, you know, mountain climbing and living their best life. Now, again, dude, I can't even think about if I were born with no arms and no legs, how I wouldn't be pissed off and, you know, depressed. But dude, the, the, this one particular person I'm talking about, man, the dude's more positive than anybody I know. He's more grateful to be alive. He's more mindful of other people. He's more positive. He's more respectful and ethical and aware, and he's confident as hell. And guess what? He's winning. He, he said the, the biggest, you know, handicap or disability is a bad mindset. His mindset is flawless. That's why he's living life and that's why he's writing books and that's why he's mountain climbing and modeling and all this other things. And everybody's in love with him. Why? Well, because he's not letting no arms and no legs affect his mindset. You know what he's, you know how he's doing that? He's, he's choosing not to. It's harder than it sounds, but that's how easy it is. It's you, you make a choice. So if you're in a situation you don't want to be in, make a choice to get out of it and then follow through and, 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 and go after it with everything you got. And pretty soon you'll be out of that situation. You'll be like, wow, that worked. Right. So if you woke up and applied the same principle to getting extremely rich, you choose, I'm going to be extremely rich. Guess what? Things start to look different. The universe starts bringing different people into your life, different opportunities. And if you're aware and you take advantage of them and you appreciate them and you're grateful for them, that's when things start to become, quote unquote, magical. I mean, have you ever bought somebody something and they didn't really get excited? Well, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and does, does it make you want to buy them more things or, or less things? Sure, Thanks. Less. <laughs> yeah, pretty soon, dude, you don't want to buy me anything anymore. Well, think about the universe or God or whatever you believe in. Think about of a, of a higher power. And it provides you with an opportunity and you squander it or you or they've given you a particular talent, but you don't leverage it or pretty much, you know, you just don't appreciate anything. And then the universe wants to give you more. Why would they want to give you more? Get excited. Be grateful for what you have and you'll get more of it. Listen, if, if you focus on things, they grow. If you ignore things, they die. So if you focus on something, if you put your energy into something, it'll grow no matter what it is. Now, what do people usually do when they wake up? They're not focused on the solutions. They're focused on the problems. So what happens if you focus on problems? More problems come. Focus on solutions and then more solutions will come. Don't focus on the problem. What you were saying about the like the power of choice it reminds me a lot of what Tony Robbins talks about in uh, Awaken the Giant Within and, and the power of choosing. And he said a lot of people would come to him and say that you know there's certain problems where you can't just make a choice. And someone gave him the example of smoking, and he said he didn't agree with that. He said you know if you're a chain smoker, if you if you really do make that choice and you convince yourself that you know your reasoning is strong enough then you can quit smoking on the spot. Is that something you agree with? 100%. Because what people that can't, they're choosing not to. The pain of not smoking is outweighing the comfort of smoking. So what they do is they choose the other one. Tony Robbins also believes that you know our human thermometer is pain and comfort. So we seek comfort as individuals. It's just natural. We seek comfort. Well... Pain is a factor and comfort is a factor. So the choices that you make are usually based on pain or comfort. So like that's why sometimes, you know, heavier people decide I'm going to get in shape. Why? Well, because the pain of being fat is too much. The ridicule, the clothes, the way they feel about themselves, it eventually reaches to a point where they're like, it's enough. And they change and they start working out and they start going through the pain and then they start getting addicted to working out and eating healthy and doing the right things. And then a year or two later, they're all completely fit 
and somebody's like, wow, you look great. What made you, what, what did this? How did you do this? And you know what they always say? They, they, they say, dude, I just got tired of being fat. I got tired of being made fun of. I got tired of being limited to what I could do. And I just, I just decided to change it. Right. That's it. That's it. You decided to change it. Now, is that rocket science? You decided to change it? Like I was hoping there was some magic pill you took or some old man in an alley that freaking gave you some magical ball. Like, dude, all you did was decided to change it. Shit, dude. Give me my money back. You're a ripoff artist. <laughs> I'd love to ask you, you are in the sales industry. It's clear that you have a, a mindset of abundance. Money is something which I feel it can have a lot of negative connotations when talking about it but we want to encourage open conversation and i'd love to ask what is the story that you tell yourself about money well i tell myself that i have all the money i need and or want and because i do but at the end of the day I don't have a bad relationship with money. I don't believe that it's evil. I don't believe that it makes you evil. I think it amplifies who you are. And I believe that it's easy to come by. I think money's attracted to me. I think opportunity is attracted to me because it is. Um, and that's the real story I tell myself. Like as soon as you think money's limited, then you're limited. So think about your relationship with money. What have you been told all your life? Like, for example, have you ever been told to save your money? Yeah. Why would you save your money? So, I suppose so you don't lose it. <laughs> right. And by saving it, mm -hmm. you're losing it. Because, listen, money is a tool. Okay? Money is just a tool. It's a piece of paper. It's, 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 it's good for exchange, right? If you don't exchange it, it's worthless. Yes or no? Definitely. Uh, like I have a million dollars. I'm going to give it to you, but you can't spend it pretty soon, dude. You're going to say this dude's money's in my way. Like <laughs> come get your money, dude. You're it, it's on my kitchen table and it's been there for three years. I can't do anything with it. Well then wh what's it for? Well, it's for nothing. It's just for decoration. Well, people are going to get rid of money because it's worthless. Now I'm not saying blow your money, but money is a tool. So let's pretend you're going to build a house. And I come walking along and I look into your shed and you've got every tool necessary to build the house in that shed. Okay. But you're only using the butter knife. And when I say, why are you using a butter knife to try and build this house? And you say, because I was told to save my other tools. <laughs> it makes no sense, man. You have to, you have to use the money that you have to make more money. I know people that are literally saying, how do I get my business to the next level? And I say, well, tell me where you're at. What are you doing right now? And they're like, well, we have 100000 in the bank. And, and I'm like, you have $100,000 in the bank? And they're like, well, yeah. And I'm like, well, well, why don't you take that and do this with it? And they're like, no, 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 no. What if something happens and we can't afford to pay our bills? Okay, again, that's limited mindset. Do you understand? What if something happens and I need to pay my bills? Well, why do you assume something's going to happen, first of all? Second of all, if you don't do anything, nothing's going to happen. So take your choice. I always tell people, like, it's a bitch getting rich and it's a bitch being broke. So pick your bitch. <laughs> that is, that is, <laughs> there's a sound, there's a, uh, a sound bite for our Instagram if ever we viewed one. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's, listen, here, here's the bottom line, guys, and this is a, this is a fact, okay? If you want to be successful in life, the first thing you need to do is figure out what success is for you because it's not the same for everybody, okay? You might say, oh, Brad Lee, I think that's successful. Well, dude, you might find out that if you lived my life, you would not like it. Well, then, then it's not success for you. What does success look like for you? Because I promise you're not going to find something unless you know what it looks like. Right? Go out and try to find somebody in London that I'm looking for. You're going to say, what does he look like? Or what does she look like? And I say, I'm not telling you. Just go find them. Dude, that's foolish. You'd be running around looking for someone you don't even know what they look like. Like you'd give up so fast it'd blow your mind. 
That's why you need to get a crystal clear vision of what it is you believe success is. And then once you have a firm belief what success looks like, start seeking mentorship and guidance and start, you know, learning and developing and following those seven B's. And I'll bet you within a short amount of time, you are going to have exactly what you wanted. It's not rocket science. There's no magic behind it. It's just make the choice, put in the effort and just continue to do it. Again, that's another thing people think, you know, you have to have patience. Have you ever heard have patience? Have patience. Yeah. Cause I disagree with patience. I think patience can kill you. Number one, Number two, I wouldn't tell you to be patient. I would tell you to increase your activity, increase your action, increase your, your, your everything about it, increase it. When I tell you to be patient, what does that make you think of? Well, if I say, hey, just be patient, what do, you, what, is that, what do you think when I say that? I think it's very passive, almost as if if I don't do anything, then opportunities will come to me. Yeah. So like, listen, man, you want to be, you want to be successful guys. Just listen, just be patient. That kind of tells me like, just, you know, relax, kick back, chill. Like, you know, things take time. Well, of course things take time, but if, if you increase your activity, meet more people, do more business, do more podcasts, do more conferences, talk to more customers, you're going to make more money. So why would you tell someone to have patience when in reality you should not have patience, you should have the opposite. You should freaking be impatient, which allows you to be urgent, which allows you to work harder, faster, longer, stronger, smarter. Patience is not a good thing, but yet we're told that all our life. We're told to save our money all our life. You know, we're told us money doesn't grow on trees. You know, we're 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 taught limits. For some reason, and I don't think there's a big conspiracy out there. I just think people don't really know any better. Not only that, times change, and 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 advice doesn't always change. See, if you look at smoking, there was a time where everybody was smoking, and they didn't think there was anything wrong with it. And then when they found out, oh no, smoking gives you cancer. Now only the dumb ones smoke. And when people say no, it's the it's it's the weak ones. Well, why? Well, because they don't have the they don't have the strength to quit. Are you telling me you're not more powerful than a cigarette? You're telling me that a cigarette is more powerful than you as a human being? Are you out of your damn mind? You know that there's seven billion people on Earth and only one of you. There's only one you on this entire planet. And, and a cigarette or a donut outpowers you. It's like, dude, why, why, why are you fat? Well, I keep eating donuts. Why? I can't help it. You don't have the power to say no to a donut because when you when it when it boils down to it, you do have the power. You don't want to invoke the power. You don't want to use the power. And the reason why is because it's more comfortable to eat the donut, and that's the problem. People are seeking comfort when they should be seeking discomfort. If you want to be rich in life, be uncomfortable, which is ironic because people are seeking comfort, right? Mm -hmm. They're seeking comfort. People want to be rich so they're comfortable. People want to have abundance so they're comfortable. When in reality, if you want to be comfortable, seek discomfort. Discomfort makes you comfortable and comfort makes you uncomfortable. So, so much to ponder there. And I would love to, to pull this thread and stay on this topic. So let's assume that a person listening to this, they decide, okay, I, I want to just make the choice, as you talked about, follow the seven Bs, and I want to start taking action. But let's say that they don't specifically know where they're going, but they've, they, they've got some sort of idea, but they just want to get started. How important in your life has pivoting been? Massively. Uh, one of my talks I did was called Five Factors of Success. And the third factor is make adjustments, pivot. Too many people are also ed, you know, educated and, and, and taught to just 
you know, never quit, right? Just stick to it. Just keep going. Well, if I would have kept going on all the things that I tried before, I would be, you know, way down the road of, you know, where I didn't want to be. So pivoting and making adjustments is massively important. Too many times people aren't listening to the information because they got their blinders on when in reality you need to make a slight adjustment. You know, if you're cruising down the freeway and there's a big accident and you're heading, you know, somewhere down the freeway, you're going to go around the accident. You don't just stop and say, oh, I guess I'm not going any further. There's an accident. You, you find a way around it. That's, those are adjustments. You're making adjustments. You need to pivot. You need to listen to information and pivot. Are you someone who always looks for a feedback loop in everything you do? I try to. Uh, again, I'm very careful with, with the information that I accept as, you know, gospel. Because a lot of times people are going to give you advice and quote unquote feedback when it's not really relevant or, or valuable. Matter of fact, in a lot of times it's harmful if you listen to it. But I like hearing it all. I'm just good at filtering the bullshit out. Like if you say, oh, Brad, that's crazy. You're never going to do that. that. I don't listen to that feedback. But if I sold you a product and you said, Brad, every time I log in, I got to do five clicks to get where I'm going. That's the feedback I like to listen to. Why? Because it's relevant feedback. Like if my users are not happy, well, then they're not going to continue to pay. People buy solutions, not products. So if your product is not providing the, the, the most ideal scene or the most ideal solution, well, and you're not listening to that feedback, well, then you'd be foolish. And by the way, guess what you would do? You'd make an adjustment. You'd modify your service or product and make an adjustment. And pretty soon, every, you know, you're on the top of your game. You're the most successful X in the country. And, and that's why. It's because you pivoted and you listened to feedback. But don't but, listen to it all. <laughs> would, would I be fair to say that in terms of the listening to feedback and a major theme in this podcast was mentorship people that have have, have done you know where you want to go and, and listening to them is that is that a, a also a major key uh, of choosing the right mentors specifically narrowing down your focus on who you get advice from well you know i believe mentors are everywhere. So I'm the firm believer that I've learned a lot from homeless people. I've learned a lot from elderly people. I've learned a lot from young people. I've learned a lot from male, women, black, white. It doesn't matter. I listen and learn constantly. And sometimes, you know, if you're closed minded or, you know, this guy's homeless, why would I listen to him? Well, because you don't want to be homeless. So why wouldn't you listen to a homeless person? The question is, is what are you listening to? Is he, are you taking financial advice from someone who doesn't have any money? Well, then you're stupid. But, but, but I would take advice from someone that had no money, but my answer would be, why is it you have no money? And everything that they're saying is what I shouldn't do. You know what I'm saying? So you can learn from everybody and everything and every situation. So when I think of a mentor, I think of, you know, my grandpa giving me some good advice, you know, walking down the country road. You know, I don't I don't uh, I don't look at it like, you know, I'm only going to listen to my grandpa. Like, why would you only listen to one person? No, I, I totally agree. And um you know, now we just want to take the podcast. We have three final questions that we ask every guest that comes on the show, so they're not specific. Um, the first question is: Are there any societal rules or societal norms or conventions that you love to break or go against? Not intentionally, but you know, I do believe that I fly in the face of conventional wisdom and societal norm only because, you know, what is society? It's just another construct that we've decided upon. And who's we? I don't think I've ever voted. You know, like 
yeah, I mean, that's a deep, that's a deep question, but I think I fly in the face of all conventional wisdom. Um, but in some cases the conventional wisdom is sound. So, so I identify and agree with it and, and act accordingly. But like, you know, people, people fear being judged. Like that's the society's norm. Like you don't see a bunch of crazy people walking around being themselves. They're being fake. They're, they're posting shit on social media because they want likes and what have you. Like that's just society now. Well, my, if you think about this, you post something on social media, you're hoping nobody dislikes it. And a lot of times I see people take stuff down because they got hate or they got someone to not like it. But here's what you got to understand, folks, especially when it comes to getting attention. You need to take a position of what you believe and, and, and that's why it's important to really learn who you are and start to basically believe in yourself and, and love yourself because that's the only person that's ever going to be with you the whole time. And that's the only person you can ever make happy is yourself. I can't make someone else happy. So at the end of the day, I need to make myself happy. So you start to learn who you are and what you believe in and you make a stand. Now, if I put something on social media and I believe it, okay, with all my heart, I don't care if a million people pop up and hate what I said. I'll defend it. Why? Because I believe it or I wouldn't have put it on social media. But too many people are out there to appease and say things that they think people want to hear. And as soon as someone pops up and doesn't agree with them, they start to question it. Now, why is that? Well, because they're not confident. You know, it goes all the way back to everything we've been talking about. But here's the ironic part. When you put something out there, you want people to be offended a thousand percent if you're smart. And here's why. Because you realize you're not going to make everybody happy, right? And you're looking for people that agree with you. Okay. You're looking for people to agree with you. So if a billion people disagree with you and a billion people agree with you, who's your tribe? Who's your audience? Who's your friends? Who's the circle you're looking for? The people who agree with you. Exactly. So why are you so afraid to say something and state a position and then listen to the haters when they're identifying themselves as not your people? Like, dude, that's what I'm saying. It's not rocket science. Like, hey, I need to find people who love me. All right. Stick yourself out there so everybody can hate on you. And then guess what? As sure as shit, everyone's going to hate on you. There's going to be a bunch of people that love you. And those are your tribe. And that's how you find them. And that's how you bring them in. And that's how you identify them. And it's not rocket science, but yet we all want to act like it is. The penultimate question is you mentioned earlier how you love to invest in yourself. Are there any specific books you can attribute to having an impact on your life up until this point? Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of them. Well, Think and Grow Rich is always one I'm sure you've heard of a million times. Sure. Um, how to win friends and influence people richest man in Babylon um, the four agreements Don Miguel Ruiz mm -hmm. um, you know I, I study religion just because I'm trying to find what's the right answer so I would say the Bible the Quran the Torah the Kabbalah um, let's see those are about it a last question to conclude what has been an incredible conversation is if you, Brad, could hypothetically imagine that every person on this planet is listening and you had to give a short but impactful message to every person, what would your message be? Well, depending on the outcome, you know, I... I I would ultimately want to live in a more successful world. And in order to do that, we have to get the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. I mean, there's people dropping out of school, getting divorced, getting pregnant as a teenager, losing their business, all because they didn't have the right information. So there's people in the world that have information and there's people in the world that need it. And what's crazy is the people that have it also need it and the people that need it also have it. So imagine if we just shared more knowledge. We were just open with our knowledge. Somebody learns how to grow larger tomatoes than everybody else. Share that knowledge out there. 
whether you sell it or, or, or not is irrelevant, but like share knowledge. I'll, I'd also say invest in relationships. I mean, at the end of the day, folks, if you are who you are, you're going to attract more of it. Okay. Too many people are out there faking and saying things that they think other people want to hear. And they go through life basically with a facade. And then they find out that they're not really happy and they're not fulfilled. And there's a missing piece that they can't figure out. And the reason why is because their whole life they acted like somebody they weren't. I would say embrace who you are and be yourself because you'll attract the people that should be around you and you'll repel the people that should not be around you. It's just part of nature. Okay. And then invest in relationships. You know, the relationships are the new economy. Go to the mall, introduce yourself, walk out on the street, introduce yourself, make every single day an opportunity just by introducing yourself to 10 new people, find out who they are. I guarantee you, you'll find a spouse, you'll find a business partner, you'll find a resource, you'll find a, you'll find all kinds of things just by going out and introducing yourself. And most people don't do it. Ask yourselves, how many new people do you meet every single day intentionally? And most people will say, wow, not that many. Well, why is that? I don't know, man. There's 7 billion people. You better get busy. Where can our audience connect with you, Brad? I've got a podcast called Dropping Bombs on wherever there's podcasts. I do about an hour episode. I get a lot of kick-ass guests in here. But social media, you can find me, Brad Lee. That's spelled L-E-A. You can go to bradlee.com. Go to my Instagram. That's kind of me chit-chatting back and forth with you. Um, that's about it. Amazing. This concludes what has been an absolutely fascinating conversation and brad we cannot thank you enough for coming on the show my pleasure man i'm i'm honored to be invited and i'm thankful that there's people out there you know like you uh sharing knowledge like this like this is just awesome there's going to be even if one listener picked up one thing to get past a challenge or a situation you know it's people like you that they need to thank that, that had the wherewithal to start a podcast, to get people on, whether you agree with people or not is irrelevant. What's, what's, what's powerful is that you're out there sharing knowledge with people, man. So I commend you and appreciate you. I'm honored to be on.